anxiety Using all my inner strength, suppressing the anxiety I'm about to have a panic attack It's a rhyme and a mechanic of rap You slave-minded, here's your manacles back I'm lean muscle, you just animal fat My team hustle, this is actual fat No hypothesis, try stopping it's trying to figure that hypothesis Welcome, everyone, back to the Urban Wrestling Network. I'm your host for this a special interview with, in my opinion, the number two draft pick. It truly is the number two draft pick for MLW, the suplex assassin, Alex King. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm uh, ready to give this podcast all this work. Awesome, awesome. I love to hear it. And the first thing I actually really want to jump into is the nickname. I think the nickname kind of caught everyone off guard. The suplex assassin is definitely something that you don't just get by, by being around that. How did that nickname come about? I actually, I came up with it myself. Um, I did this Evolve tryout in my first year and I did it, I did my tryout match with Bobby Flacco. And at the end, uh, Gabe Spolsky gave us feedback. He was like, you don't have a character. You need a character. What's your character? Whatever, because I was just going to be like the strong, the, the strong dude with the mohawk or whatever. And I thought that would get me by, but it didn't. So I was like, what? I can't be the wrestler. I can't be the suplex machine. I can't be the human suplex machine either, because that's Taz. I don't want to be the wrestling machine, because that's Kurt Angle. Um, but I want to use my amateur background in my wrestling. So what, what am I going to do? Um, so I was playing uh, one of the 2K games, and I was creating myself in the game or whatever, you know, trying to, like, put together, like, a, an attire and, like, stuff like that. And I typed in – I put in Assassin, and then I was like, hold on. Suplex Assassin. There's, not, there's never been a Suplex Assassin. I'm going to be the Suplex Assassin. And then I just started – I just ran with it. I just ran with it. It, that it's 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 pretty interesting. I am um, I do YouTube and I typically do the, the 2K universe modes. So that's, that's actually pretty cool to see that that's kind of helped you know especially wrestlers, especially yourself, you know, get that nickname. So I thought that was really cool. That's the first time I actually ever heard of that. That's actually really yeah. it's, it's, it's unique. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking about you know your early days too, um, what actually got you in, into pro wrestling? I know it's one of the strangest businesses to be in. So what what was the uh, deciding factor for you? Uh, what got me into professional wrestling was watching Stone Cold Demolition from the VHS tape. It was like a, it was like an off release, but it was they chronicled his uh, his feud with Kane going into Bad Blood. And that uh, not Bad Blood first was it first blood his first blood match with um, with Kane and that Hell in a Cell match. Um, and I wa I literally watched it every single day. Um, and like at the even after when I first started watching, I didn't exactly know who Stone Cold Steve Austin was, but the person that I bought it from kind of explained to me his character, and I was like, "Well, this 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 should be exciting. This definitely should be exciting. Someone beating the shit out of their freaking boss every every day, night in and night out. You can't not get behind that." Right, so I think um, we'd all love so to do that. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> um, I walk into work sometimes. Well, when I used to when I used when I used to have a shoot job. I'd walk into the work sometimes. I'd have Stone Cold Steve Austin's uh, theme song playing in my head or whatever. I'd be walking like him or whatever. I'd be looking at my boss. But no, nah, I'm not going to do this today. That, that right. I think, yeah, we've all had that one. That, that, it's always that one day that, yeah. they, that they definitely try it. And um, so I want to ask, and since we're kind of jumping around here, um, your, your 
arsenal as, mm-hmm. as as I've as I've heard has over a hundred suplexes in it or more, which yeah. is insane. Which is insane to me. Now, who do you primarily take your like? Where do you draw the inspiration? Where, where does your, your where, where does your your moves to kind of take you know bits and pieces of of other wrestlers from? Um, at first, it was Brock Lesnar. Um, that's somebody who Ar Fox told me to watch a lot of. Um, and then there's definitely Taz. There's Kurt Angle, there's Scott Steiner, there's Rick Steiner, um, a little bit of Shelton Benjamin, even though he doesn't do a lot of them, he still does some. Um, and then, like, I just kind of, like, got, took, like, bits and pieces from everybody or whatever. So I didn't want to be any of them, but I wanted to, I guess, draw from them, if that makes sense. So it's basically, you know, uh, your own craft, essentially. Yes. Yeah. All right. Pretty cool. I um. Oh, I want to talk about for for you first starting out. Was there anything that you know? Some people are are like naturals in this business. In this business, when they when they come out for you, was there anything that kind of was hard to get used to at first, or when you were first training? Remembering spots. That was the hardest thing. Sometimes, sometimes it's hard now. Oh, that. But that was probably the hardest thing because it was like. Man, can I can I really like Fox would like stack like we'd start off at one spot and then he'd add to it and then he'd add to it and then he'd add to it and I'm like I don't know if I can remember all of this um, and I remember asking him like do I have to do spots in my matches like do does, do I have to do this like I don't want to do this I don't want to do any of this um, but as time's gone on gone on and I've learned to do things that. Um, go more in line with my instincts, it makes it easier. Um, so you may not see me doing a whole bunch of running spots or whatever. I'll do them for someone else, but me, myself, I won't do it. Um, but I'll just find ways, different ways to get into suplexes, different ways to get into certain situations. Um, and I think that's what sets me apart from a lot of people. Um, and that's kind of what brought me to the dance. Sure. Your, your in-ring psychology is one of the things that I personally love about you. It, it definitely, for me, stands, stands apart because you're, you're able to tell a story really well. And when did you kind of first start realizing, you know, hey, I'm, I'm actually pretty good at this, <laughs> you know? Like, when was that like? No, honestly, before you said this, like, I didn't really think my psychology was that great. I mean, it's good, um, but like, I, I don't think so much in wrestling psychology so much. I think more of what if I was in a fight, in like a back alley fight that had like rest, that had wrestling ropes. No, we'll put it like this. If I was in a back alley fight and there was a wrestling ring and I had to beat this other guy, what can I do? Like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to um, get across to maybe there's people in the alley watching what's happening? How am I going to get them engaged into what's happening? Because, I mean, you can watch a fight and not be engaged in it until something big happens. Someone gets a block knocked off. But <laughs> building, building up to that person getting a block knocked off, like, you got to have, like, certain components in that match. Um, but I have, I'm, I'm delighted to know that my ring psychology is good. Yeah, I am. Um... I, 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 that's one of my favorite things about watching your matches. Besides the suplex, I think that's what everyone loves. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's what brings people to the show. Is that you? You're very believable. And mm-hmm. speaking about you know being very believable, 
you um you had recently said during an interview and i was you know watching things around since you you're by the way if you don't know second number number two draft pick here by the way you're mm-hmm. in the you're in the league and mm-hmm. you mentioned the match with alexander hammerstone now before i get to that what are your goals for the league the league um continue to uh become the best wrestler i possibly can be um that's i guess that's like my overall goal um bust heads and win championships now you also mentioned alexander hammerstone now we do have uh evil owns is a big fan of hammerstone and uh, i had to ask out of all people why hammerstone well so in the interview i said that you for me you go in and you punch the biggest dude there in the face yes jacob Fatu is overall champion but Hammerstone has literally been undefeated for two years. For two years with the Openweight, cha- openweight uh, Heavyweight Championship. So if I'm going to go in there and go after anybody, it's going to be him. That, that is actually uh, it's pretty pretty solid, I'm not going to lie. Uh, one of the things I was checking around on social media, and I was trying to get as much detail as I can do my research on you, um, the Kaiju Standard. It was really interesting when I saw it because I am a fan of mixed martial arts. And mm-hmm. I do know that that has a lot to do with self-defense and um, also competition-wise. That, that's that, that type of martial arts style. So I was wondering if you could kind of elaborate on being the Kaiju Standard. I was really so interested. That, the Kaiju Standard is kind of an inside joke between me and O'Shea Edwards um, because I wrestled him the week before I put that on my Twitter bio, um, and he's a big bad kaiju. And since I beat him, he passed the torch to me, which was the beads that I wear now. Um, I was like, yo, because uh, I couldn't, because like I've always, I've, I've been a fan of Shelton Benjamin for so long, but I was really a fan of him when he's the gold standard. And since I can't be the gold standard, I was like, well, you know what? I'll be the kaiju standard. And I, and like, I ran it by him, and he was like, run with it. I was like, okay, I'm gonna run with it. Awesome. Okay, I was I, I was super like, and I was like, well, I got I had to ask that because I was super invested in that. Um, and speaking about mixed martial arts, you happen to be part of American Top Team, mm-hmm. which is how I, who trained plethora of talent, but all in the UFC and the PFL. Um, one of your stablemates, Tom Baller. I'm not sure if you guys are affiliated or not, but one of your stablemates, Tom Baller, he recently just competed in the, in the PFL. How is that transition? Ben, you know, you, you, you're you brought in by, by um, American Top Team. Have you been around the guys? I mean, has there any been any training for you yet with them? Uh, no, not yet. Actually, um, the week of the signing announcement, uh, I got to talk to King Mo, um, and he did say that we would we would get some training in when every, everything like, really opens up. Um, so there, I'll definitely start training there because there is a facility in Atlanta. Um, so that'll definitely be cool. Um, I'm from, I'm pretty familiar with Tom. I wrestled him at uh, Paradigm Pro Wrestling. The match hasn't dropped yet, but I can't wait for it to drop. There you go, folks. Paradigm Pro Wrestling. Check it out. It'll be out soon. Gotta get all the plugs, you know, as, as, as we go. <laughs> and so you, you're brought in personally by, by Dan Lambert. Mm-hmm. And it, it's been stated, I, I was reading at the MLW, uh, the MLW News and everything, you, you look at someone like Calvin Sankman, who came in last year, made a name for himself. You, on the other hand, 
are on the same path to make a name for yourself, but with the guidance of a guy who literally raises champions. Mm -hmm. So for you, what is the biggest thing that you want to pick from, from a mind of a guy who's literally been around nothing but champions? I mean, the simplest answer I can give is to how to be a champion. Um, because like, I mean, it's, that's being a champion is more than winning a belt. I think it's, it's a mindset. It's a, it's even a lifestyle and it's, and it's a kind of a way that you carry yourself. Um, but then also like, I want to learn how to be more efficient, um, in these, in these matches and in, in these fights. And I feel like watching King Mo, King Mo's pretty efficient in, in what he does. He doesn't waste a whole lot of time. Um, Tom Lawler doesn't waste a bunch of time or whatever. So um, even though, like, even now, I, I don't have a whole lot of wasted motion, I would like to be able to increase that or whatever. So there's, so there's no wasted motion at all. And, you know, speaking about constantly, you know, being at, at that the best you can be in, ever since you've been wrestling, has there ever been a match where you felt that you've taken that extra step from, you know, after that match was done? Um, the first time that really happened was my match with O'Shea Edwards. Um, he really made, he made me step it up. Um, and he, he made me, uh, go to that next level. So now every, now every match after that, um, I kind of got a little bit of chip on my shoulder, not, not like a bad chip on my shoulder, but a little bit of chip on my shoulder or whatever, to have every single match at that level. Um, and sometimes... Sometimes it works out and other times it doesn't. But, I mean, you can try to bring somebody to your level, but if they can't, if they can't deliver, then this is what it is. You know, the, the greatest of diamonds are made from the most pressure. So that's, it's, it's interesting that, that you said that too. Um, <clears throat> sorry about that. <laughs> I also wanted to talk about your finisher. Yes. And I don't want to say too much about it, and I feel like I'd give it away because I feel like you'd have more of this, since it is yours, I, I feel like you'd have more of a better insight to tell the audience about why, why this is so devastating of a, of a maneuver. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's, a, it's called the, it's, well, it's called Southern Line Suplex. It's also called the Joker Plex, um, which I didn't know. Was called, I didn't know Joker from, uh, from CZW even used it before I saw it because I originally saw it in the video game. Um, it was a part of Drew Gulak's moveset. Um, and I was like, why doesn't anybody use this? So I'm like, well, I'm, I'm a user. Shit, it looks, it looks like death. Um, <laughs> uh, it looks like death. I mean, from a working standpoint, I keep it pretty safe. But from a, per, from a performance standpoint, it looks like death at the time, no matter how it's flowed. So you're, you're a guy of, when, when you're out there and you have your spots, you, just look like a complete badass. The, the confidence is there. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, the confidence is there. And how long did it take you to truly get like a hold to build Alex K and the Suplex Assassin up to where he is now? Like how long did it take you to kind of finally hit that stride for you? Um, my, when I really hit the stride was the future showcase um, that Phoenix City does, Phoenix City Invitational does. Um, well, I think, yeah. I think I did. I think this was the first one, first or second. Um, after that triple threat match I had with Nolan and uh, uh, Jack Griffin, um, like 
that I think that's when I really came into my own and I really started to realize that, you know, I can actually like do this. I can actually be good at this. Before I wasn't, I wasn't working that often because um, I didn't really know where to go or like where to work. Um, so after being on that stage and, you know, people receiving me and understanding like, I guess like my motives and my character and stuff or whatever, like, I was able to really like pick it up and run with it. And then also going back to O'Shea Edwards, um, I got to talking to him after, after my match or whatever, I got to talking to him or whatever. And he gave me some really good advice as far as presentation goes. Cause before I used to wear like the, the like wrestler, like the wrestling wrestling singlet, like the shooter, <laughs> uh, wrestling shoes and all that. Um, and he, he kind of popped the idea to my head, be like, get something custom made. I mean, my gear before, I already had my name on it and stuff like that, but it wasn't my own design. Oh. So to really design something for that that's more me, um, to get, like, boots and stuff, you know, just to look, just, just for that presentation, look more efficient. Because um, before that, I was like, I'm never going to wear boots. I'm just going to wear wrestling shoes all the time, and that's, that's just going to be what it is. But the more, like, the more I wear my boots, the more I realize it does make me look way more professional. It's funny, you, you speak about professional, and I remember when I first, I was like, why does this guy look like he's supposed to be in an actual, like, not the squared circle, but one where there's a mat, and, like, there's, like, a reference, so, you, so you're pinned on the floor, it's over, I was like, huh, I was like, weird, and as soon as I was like, wait, this guy is the complete opposite of that, I was like, what in the world, it, it really, it, it blew my mind, and as I, I kept watching a lot of your matches, your character work, and the work you put in is, is quite literally amazing, by the way, I, I really love yeah. your in-ring work. And I can't stress that enough. The guy does great work. Um, you, you're now at, at a prime spot coming in as the number two draft pick. You now have basically put put a footnote of where you want to be. Now, mm -hmm. uh, are are you going to be at Philadelphia? Yes, yes. That'll be my that'll be my debut. That'll be my debut. That's even better because now the next question I have is actually um, not from me. It's it's from a, a, one of my colleagues. They are a bit, this is they they and in their words, this is a contra podcast. And mm -hmm. um, is there any fear? I mean, you've got contra unit, you've got uh, El Jefe and Aztec Underground. You you want to rise up and you want to go for the gold. But when you have two two units like that that are trying to take over the lay of the land, so to speak. Does that, occur, does that you know, create any pressure, any fear of, of actually trying to move forward in the company? Nope, not at all. You step up, I'll knock you down. If I can't knock you down, then I'll come back again and try to knock you down again. I don't have any fear of anyone. I, I love that. The, only, love the that. literally only person I fear is my mother. That's it. <laughs> that is fair. That is very fair. Um, and to also go on that, you... Are you going to be a, you're going to be an action? Or you're, you're, you're make an appearance if you can, um, uh, in, in Philly. No, I'll, I'll definitely. I mean, I don't know exactly. I know that I'll debut in Philly. I don't know who I'm wrestling or anything like that, but I know I'll definitely wrestle in Philly. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely know I'll be. I'm, I know I'm going to wrestle. Gotcha. We love to hear it, and I think the last like three questions I have, I'll go. I'll go by them one by one. Um, you've been you've been in the business business for a little while now, and uh, about two, two and a half, two and a half. 
I, I'm going to call it a grizzled veteran. <laughs> 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 and um, so in the two years, if, if there was ever a time to where you know this, that you're, you're finally being seen and you're finally being out there, what was the hardest change for you? What's realized, all right, I've got everything in stride. People have eyes on me and I'm having these great matches. What was the biggest challenge of constantly staying at that level once you actually got there? Uh, like the confidence outside of the ring, um, like not, not talking negatively, negatively to yourself. That's, 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 that's a hard thing for me sometimes. Um, I struggle with some depression. Um, so really trying to be nice to myself, um, and not, um, and not be one of those I always say that there's a, there's a bunch of people in the world that probably think you suck. Don't be one of those people. Um, so there, there's, probably, there's probably people on this planet right now that think I suck or whatever, but I can't be one of those people. So um, remembering just to be nice to myself um, and also stay humble with where I'm at because this can be taken from me at any moment. Um, so the hardest part is really just keep, trying to keep my head on my shoulders. Uh, that is as real as it gets right there, <laughs> truthfully. And um, also, since you've also learned a lot, I mean, is there any advice you kind of have for other people who think that this may be a career they want to get into or, you know, because they sit on TV and they really want to do this? Um, any advice you could possibly give them for them just starting out? Um, starting out, find a good school. Um, the WWA 4 in Atlanta, Georgia, which is my home school, uh, that's definitely a great place to start. Um, and then like, once you get like, once you get like your training over with and you graduate from school, um, travel, um, like make your money at, there's shows that are gonna be seen and there's shows that aren't going to be seen. And that's something that I've learned um, this last year and kind of this year. Um, so like make your money at those shows or whatever, get your reps in, you know, try stuff. Like those shows that aren't going to be really seen. Um, and then when you but don't like bog up your weekend with those shows, like when you have a free weekend, go if you live in Georgia, or even if you don't live in Georgia, go to like an action or beyond or a limitless or whatever and just like travel and network and meet people. Like um, once I kind of got out of like the like real like southern wrestling of Georgia and I started going to action and Paradigm and stuff and all these other shows that are on the, on, the, on the higher level of indies, like those locker rooms are filled with people who all want to have the best show possible. Um, and like, you can ask them questions. Like most of them have been doing this for a, for a pretty long time. They've been doing it at a pretty high level for a long time. So like always ask questions. Like if you, if you do end up getting a spot on that show and you have your map, don't just come back and just think, oh, well, you know, the crowd was hot. Uh, I did a good job. Like, always go ask and see if people watch your match and get critiques on that. And then with the critiques, like, really, like, if you can, write that shit down. Or if you have a good memory, just remember it or whatever. Um, and then, and then apply, apply what you learned from that match to the next one. You know, and then from that match to the next, that, I feel like that's how guys really get better. You continue to apply the knowledge that you've learned. 
You don't just stay um, kind of static. You're all, you're dynamic. Ooh, that is a gem right there, folks. And that's what these podcasts are all about: dropping gems for you guys. That's what I try to do. <laughs> which that's what I try to get. <laughs> um, and last but not least, right now you you kind of right now the MLW world is your oyster. Mm-hmm. And with that comes a lot of eyes. With that comes a lot of people saying, hey, I want that guy. Is there any country that you have not wrestled in yet that you'd love to wrestle in? I want to wrestle um, in the UK. Um, I want to wrestle in Germany. I want to go to Japan. I want to go, I want to go as, as much international as I possibly can. I, that's, that's always been a goal of me. And speaking, you actually just gave me another question. I thought I knew I said I was gonna have one the last one, but I have one more here. Ask as one many one. questions as you want. <laughs> I love it. Um, your wrestling style, it, it's called shoot style. It's a it's a shoot yeah. style wrestling. And how have you been able to kind of because obviously not every wrestler that you that you want to get is the same, how have you been able to kind of or have you ever incorporated anyone else's wrestling style in yours to try to uh, expand your arsenal? Um I I've, I've learned over the past couple of weeks that I'm pretty good at arm drag, so I might I might mix in a little lucha, um, outside of like like doing springboards and stuff like that. Um, but like I'm trying to uh, incorporate like more a little bit a little bit just a little bit of high flying stuff, like like some frog splashes. I was working on this like uh, this 360 spin spot uh, frog splash. Um, that I'm still working on, but at some point I'm going to bust it out. Um, um, but like, I mean, I would like to keep everything on the mat, but I also want to be able to adapt to any situation um, and ultimately have fun and do some new shit. Like, yes, I throw, I can throw suplexes and do it well, but I can also bust out a, a nice arm drag or, or dive on somebody, you know? Like, I mean, I'm not limited to just wrestling. It's, 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 um, it's, it's, I'm, I'm going on, on another one, but, um, one of the key things I feel that isn't necessarily dead today in pro, in pro wrestling, but I feel is very undervalued is technical wrestling, that wrestling. Cause I feel that right there tells a whole story, but I wanted to get your opinion on, on the aspects of, and how important it is for tech, tech wrestling for you. Um, I like when I first started, um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't understand pro wrestling, technical wrestling so much. Um, but as it's kind of gone on, I've realized the importance of it. Um, and I noticed like a lot of guys watching matches, like they just kind of like blow through it or whatever. Like they don't need time to work anything or whatever, or to like get anything out of the training, the chain wrestling going on. They're just trading wrist locks or trading hammer locks. And it's kind of just like, at that point, I'm, I'm out of, I'm taken out of the match. Like I, I just walk away at that point. Um, because I feel like when you don't take the wrestling part of wrestling and you're just trying to get to the first running spot or something, that that kills everything. Or whatever. Because like going into a match, okay, this is gonna most of most matches are probably are pretty tense or whatever. So you're building this tension, you're building this tension, you're building tension, or whatever, and then you just you just shit on the wrestling aspect of wrestling. Like, grab something, hold it, 
Like you don't like the crowd doesn't always have to be up. I think that's what a lot of people why I like to blow through the technical wrestling aspect of wrestling because they want the oohs and the ahs. But if you if you do the technical part of wrestling well, people not maybe not everybody comes up. People are gonna people are at least gonna give you a, a standing ovation or whatever. Like oh that was really cool. You have, you have a you have a little bit of scramble in your brain. That was really cool, but you guys are actively trying to wrestle. And then when the wrestling stop, when wrestling is working more, then you get to the other stuff. Maybe you throw a punch, a strike, or you throw a slam or something. But you got to do the wrestling part first. You have to do that well. Because you know, you're a guy who has a multitude of, of holds that I, that I've seen. Especially, and you do a great job um, so submission-wise, which from the ones I've seen, you don't play out too much. But when it does, it seems to do an, a, a significant amount of damage to your opponents. So mm-hmm. how, when did the first idea of, you know, adding that submission style to your game first kind of take hold for you? Um, I started working with uh, my, one of my buddies, Damian Tangra. Um, He's, he's got like a jujitsu, like Muay Thai background. Um, and just like kind of watching him and, and working with him in training or whatever, like he's pretty, he's pretty damn good at submission. Um, and like, I was trying to think of more ways, like, at, like in between me throwing somebody, like how can I inflict more damage on this person without having to exert too, too much force? So I can put, I can, I can tie you up like a, like a pretzel and put you in something. Um, and that's again like expanding my arsenal. Like sometimes, sometimes my matches aren't all suplexes. Sometimes I might throw a neck breaker or a back breaker in there somewhere or whatever. But it all, everything kind of still leads to that suplex. I'm softening you up for for, for the big moves. Yes, for the big moves. Yeah. You know, storytelling, and, and, and ah, here's a good one. I was just thought of. So for storytelling purposes, um, has there ever been a storyline that people may not necessarily know that you've been in that, you know, you've built to the, the pinnacle, so to speak, of, of the boiling point, there you go, uh, of a rivalry to where you've had a, a crowd investor, at least some of, some of them invested. Um, how, how does that feel knowing that you've got people on the edge of their seat wanting more from, from what you guys are doing, you know, that culmination of a story? That is probably the greatest feeling on the planet. I don't get I don't get put in too many angles as far as with some of these promotions that I work at. Um, the the angle I was just in with Isaiah Bronner that was really good. Um, the because throughout that taping for the UWF, UWFI contenders, like we had to cut promos after each match, um, and like before then, I I mean I cut like some like in, in like in my over here with my green screen and stuff, um, but never really anything like, it had like some oomph to it. Um, but with those tapings and like really being able to really like feel myself um, and not have to like censor myself, I hate, like I'm not, like when I cut promos, like I'm not trying to like curse the entire time, but if I, if I, need, to, if I need to say an expletive, I need to be able to say an expletive. Um, and just like the promos that me and him had back and forth, like that had like that real, like I really felt the passion or whatever. And I really felt like the anger, the intensity. Um, and like 
by the time by the time the all the uh, episodes aired, like people were like, "Yo, we really need to see this," because it was really it was it was, it was a match with the two top prospects. He had, he came out on top, which is fine, cool, great, awesome. Um, but uh, people were really invested in what was going to happen. Nobody they didn't know if he was going to win. They didn't know if I was going to win, but they knew the match was going to be a banger. So, you know, and speaking about promos, has, has it ever been difficult for you to like, you know, going up there and just cutting a promo, just like, Harry, Hey, I'm going to say this. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I mean, it's still hard um, sometimes, but like I've found that you kind of have to give yourself, even if like the promoter or something doesn't give you bullet points, but he kind of tells you what he wants you to give yourself bullet points so you can get to the point as quickly as possible. Because somebody wants to hear, I'm not the rock. I can't, I'm, I, I'm not about to entertain you for five minutes. And then get to the point. <laughs> um, uh, so being able to like give yourself bullet points, give you, give yourself, uh, you know, little points to hit. Um, that makes it easier. And then sometimes just going off the dome and just really feeling it. Those are my best drums when I'm just, Speaking. I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not trying to be something. I'm just speaking to you and to what I'm feeling right then and there. And um, another one I wanted to ask was, obviously, any wrestling match. I'm not too sure. I'm going to ask this and hoping that you can kind of clarify it too. Um, there's a great deal of mixed martials that also goes in, in into pro wrestling, though. At least for certain people. I'll say it again. So, you know, I, I believe for you and for other people, mixed martial arts does play semi-heavy into what you do now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So having to learn essentially two different sports, was that ever complicated in trying to, like, you know, mix them together and, and mesh it and make it, you know, flow, flow in your arsenal? Or was it just kind of something that came naturally? Kind of came naturally. I mean, mixed martial arts, as the basis, it's wrestling. And then you add in the strikes, you add in the submission and everything else. So, I mean, trying to, I mean, adding in strikes wasn't difficult, um, and adding in submissions wasn't, wasn't too hard either. Um, trying to hold them together can sometimes be a little tricky, but, um, but I get, yeah, for my style, it works. Um, and I feel like everybody should have some sprinkle of either rest, either like mat wrestling or learn some or catch wrestling. Just something or whatever, just to um, kind of help them stand out a little bit because not everybody's going to do it, but the but that small group of people that are going to do it is going to help them stand out. All right, awesome, awesome. And um, my last one, I can guarantee it's the last one. <laughs> so I said like twice already. In terms of kind of separating yourself and how important is marketing? Marketing is extremely important. It's extremely important. Like, I myself have my own theme. Like, I don't, a lot of guys use YouTube music and stuff like that. I have my own theme. Um, and <clears throat> that, I always tell people, if you have, if you have your own theme music, it has your name, it has your gimmick, it's catchy, it has some cool lyrics in it, that is going to do the job for you before you even step up on the stage. Like, my, when my music hits and I hear the people in the crowd singing the song, I, my, my job's already done. Everything else I do after that is extra. There you go, folks. That is the 
Ultimate Gem, this was an amazing time. Thank you so much for being with us. Ladies and gentlemen, the MLW. Actually, before I say that, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Kane 11. Um, I like having more Twitter followers. Uh, it's always nice. Um, uh, buy my merch. It's on Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, just type in Alex Kane. It'll come up. I'm the only Alex Kane in professional wrestling. Um, so definitely do that. Uh, my theme song is on Pandora, Spotify, all the major streaming platforms. Once you hear it, you'll fall in love. Just, just go stream it. Um, action Wrestling, Game Over on June 25th uh, at the uh, Roger Spencer's Community Center. That's going to be a lit one. Uh, so make sure you buy your tickets for that one. I don't... I don't think we're going to be live, but definitely if you're around the area, you can definitely come. So that's the end of my plug. <laughs> Alrighty. So with that being said, guys, also buy our merch at urbanwrestlingnetwork.com. We also have a website, Urban Wrestling Network. Follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, Urban Wrestling Network. What are you waiting for? Thank you so much for your time. The Suplex Assassin. Hold on, hold on. One more thing. One more thing. Absolutely. The coolest thing happened today. My friend sent it to me, but somebody made me Inspire Pro Wrestling World on Steam. That, that shit was dope. I'm in a video game now, guys. I'm in a video game now. Moving on up in the world. There you go. Yeah. That's how we're going to end this. Thank you so much for watching. Stay off the hook, everyone. <laughs>